All right. Uh, hello and welcome to the One Big Podcast, a show where we discuss all your burning workplace organizing questions and revel in the long history of the IWW. I am fellow worker Jason. With me today are my esteemed fellow workers, Derek and Nick. Hello, you guys. Hey, how's it going? Hello, y'all. Today, we're discussing strikes, what they are, how we feel about them, and it's going to get heated, probably. Uh, <laughs> um so I'll just start it off. What's a strike? Why do we need it? So, you know, a strike a strike is an action carried out by by workers collectively to withhold labor um, and to, you know, shut down a workplace. Um, the idea is that this is this is kind of the strongest action workers can take. Workers who own their labor can walk out, walk out of the workplace and refuse to provide that labor, um, generally over a disagreement with management who is refusing to budge on an issue and to put in the economic uh, hurt on the employer that will hopefully result in the employers getting their, I'm sorry, the employees, the workers getting their, getting their demands met. So I don't like the free lunch they're giving me. Should I go on strike? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, probably not. Like we, I mean, um, it's, it, it's a matter of escalation, right? So generally speaking, uh, a strike is probably not the first place workers want to stop on the road to getting their demands met. Um, uh, Nick, you, you, what, what do you think? I agree. I, I think uh, strikes are, are the most powerful weapon that workers have, and they should only be used as a, a last resort. Um, and there's, there's multiple different types of strikes as, as well. You know, there's sit-down strikes, there's walkout strikes, there's slow-down strikes. So there's there's multiple strikes that you can use. There's wildcat strikes, which are are technically illegal, uh, where you just go on strike without really announcing it. Um, but no, kind of like Derek said, and, and I said, they are are a last resort. What's the difference between a strike and a general strike? Uh, a, so a a, you know, a strike can be. Uh, done at a workplace or multiple workplaces. Uh, so if you go back last year, uh, GM, uh, General Motors uh, in the Metro Detroit area and across uh, the U.S. went on strike uh, for issues uh, during their contract negotiation. So that was a strike. A general strike is multiple industry-wide. It's usually uh, done for... To, to get greater demands, uh, there's there's been some large general strikes in the U.S. One of them was in Seattle, where they pretty much shut down the entire city. Um, but you know, uh, a, a strike within a company can can be called you know amongst the workers. They vote on it. A a general strike is a large militant uh, strike, like I said, done across multiple industries, and isn't something that can just happen overnight. I know a lot of of leftists nowadays are, are on Facebook or social media being like, all right, let's call for a general strike. It's not that easy. Yes, a general strike would be amazing, but it takes weeks, months, years to plan. Yeah, and like even like even more so, the many dangers, there are many dangers of a strike, and some of them have to do with like with like like labor law in general and what like the National Labor Relations Board considers like a, a legal economic strike or an illegal strike. Uh, but like more important 
than what the law says is just the pure logistics, right? Like, like how do you even have a strike? And and when you when when I think about when I think about how we have strikes, there's there's a question of how do you how would you even mobilize an entire industry or multiple industries to strike? Because reasons workers don't strike, you're not getting paid. The boss isn't paying you to go out and strike on the line, right? So you're not getting paid. So how are workers surviving through that strike? Um, you know, how long does the strike last? Like, like what, what is the economic wherewithal of the employer? How effectively can that employer like stand up to a strike or a group of employers or a whole city? Like how long can people sign up to that strike? And there's also, you know, public mood. Um, you know, how, how is the public reacting to that strike? And then, and then finally, the other big part of it is like, what, like what's the working class solidarity there? Are there scabs being hired in to continue doing the work? Um, are, is, is the work being done despite the workers? Are workers leaving the line and going back to work? So, so like how effective and how long can the strike be reasonably sustained? So like a general strike, in, like a general strike is something that requires a lot of planning um, and, and is, is arguably harder to sustain in the long run. We'll definitely come back to that one day because I don't totally want to talk about general strikes. The reason we're bringing up strikes is because within the IWW, there's a bit of a debate right now about strike clauses in contracts or no strike clauses in contracts and our stance on them. So here we have each opposing side. In this corner, we have Nick. In this corner, we have Derek. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Yeah. Convince me of your side. So one of the first points that I want to uh, bring up about why there should be no strike clauses. Uh, Well, first off, what what the debate is, is allowing allowing management to put in contracts that um, the workers cannot go on strike, uh, eliminating that power uh, from the workers. So one of the first things I wanna say about this is uh, from the preamble of the IWW Constitution, right, it says the goal of the IWW is to form the structure of a new society within the shell of the old. What that means is we want to take the existing structures that are here put in place by the capitalists and replace them with a better world by taking the means of production. Now, as Audre Lord said, from the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. They, will, they may allow us to temporarily beat him at his game, but they will never enable us to bring about genuine change. No strike clauses are a tool of the master. They are taking away the worker's power to strike using our greatest weapon against them. They are dismantling our house. You know, they are they're taking our powers and our abilities away from us. And by having contracts and no strike clauses, we are playing directly into their game, into their hands, allowing them easier victories. You're bringing Audrey Lord into this now. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, from my, from my end, I, I want to first be clear. I'm going to, I'm going to start off by muddying the waters a little bit. Right. So, I am I am I am not opposed to to workers um, having refusing to have no strike clauses, right? Like so, that's that's not really a problem for me. Um, I think that 
no strike clauses are a dangerous kind of structure that we build into our contracts um, in some workplaces. And it does in a lot of ways give us an additional hurdle, right? That we have to get over. If workers are gonna strike, um, they're not only gonna strike, they're gonna have to strike and break the contract. So, so it is, it's definitely important to recognize upfront that strikes are tools of workers, right? They're, they're something that we as people, that we as workers have the right to utilize and, and make use of. Um, but part of that conversation is also the fact that we have a no, that, that we would have a no strike clause in a contract to begin with. When the IWW was founded, um, it was also founded in the, in the actual rejection of having contracts for workers. So the IWW's like founding conventions and some of the, some of the founding documents that were put out in the early 1900s spoke directly to um, having no contracts. There are, there are no contracts at all with workers, right? We are a revolutionary, we are a revolutionary union um, and our tactics specifically reject the signing of contracts. Now the IWW has evolved a lot over the years and it's also important to remember that the IWW was founded in a time before the National Labor Relations Board was ever a thing. Um, uh, before labor law became, became a major point that governed how unions work and how unions function. So the, the kind of starting point that we have is now you know, a century later and sometime within that century actually, uh, the IWW became more comfortable with the idea of having contracts with employers. Now the IWW in its modern incarnation, uh, like from my perspective, is an organization that has this, this like weird internal conflict where on the one hand, we wanna be, be revolutionary militant unionists um, who sometimes negotiate for contracts. <laughs> so like even in the, like even, even the idea that we as a revolutionary union will sign a contract means that, means that those workers who are signing the contract are entering into like a bureaucratic arrangement and agreement with the employer. And I, and I also want to be upfront here that a contract, a contract with the employer sucks energy out of an organizing campaign. Um, there's no doubt about it. When you, when you give workers a contract, that contract is as good as law to them, right? They, they, you can refer to it. You can, you can look at it. It gives you all the things that, that you need to know about how the workplace functions in theory. And, and, and that reframes the entire conversation about how workers even think about their workplace. When you give someone a contract, you're saying, here's our workplace, here's our agreement. And so in my, in my, in my opinion, a contract by itself is already one of the master's tools, right? The contract itself is already a tool that diminishes workers' capacity to fight for, um, for better rights in some cases. Once you have a contract, you develop, um, you, you risk, you have a very strong risk of developing a workplace bureaucracy, which becomes a group of union bureaucrats who interact with the boss and the rest of the workers are de-energized. Um, the IWW should be always organizing workers, right? Dire direct action gets the goods. Let's slow down. Let's, let's, 
let's, you know, we have this particular problem this day. Um, it might not be a contract issue. We want this problem fixed now. Let's slow down the workplace. Let's write a letter to the boss. Let's, let's walk off the job. Let's sick out, right? We have all these tools available to us. Um, but despite that, contracts are a big part of what, of what workers, of what workers fight for. Now, the IWW finds itself in a place where it is both, you know, in the modern era where it's governed by the National Labor Relations Board, but it also speaks to its roots as more of like a anarchist, radical socialist, um, uh, fighter for workers' rights. And, and that has brought us to a point where we, where we put a no strike, we, we forbade no strike clauses in our constitution formally, I think like what, 2011, 2012? Is that when we put that in the constitution? So we, we added this in. And there are a lot of people who have a lot to say about like no strike clauses, labor notes, um, if anyone's familiar with them, um, labor notes opposes no strike clauses. Uh, I oppose no strike clauses. Um, but the other kind of tactical approach that the IWW has always taken is fuck labor law. Uh, you know, what, like, what is, what is, what is labor law? When, whenever I talk to workers who are organizing and they say, do we have a right to organize, right? What, what do we tell them? Um, I typically tell them, yes, you have a legally enshrined right to, to organize in your workplace and your boss will find a reason to fire you whether, whether, whether uh, you have the right to organize or not, right? They'll find a reason to get rid of you. So the idea that a no strike clause by itself uh, will prevent us from striking is, is a bit of a misnomer to me. Um, in the state of Michigan, where we are located, it is illegal, 100% illegal for public sector workers to strike. Um, in particular, that law was enshrined to prevent teachers from striking, uh, but teachers still strike. GEO, the Graduate Employees Organization at the University of Michigan, just held a two-week-long strike in which you know they threatened to they 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 filed an injunction against them and brought the courts in, uh, and GEO eventually stopped that strike. But the law itself is not enough is not enough to stop workers from striking, whether it's in their contract or it's against the law. If you have workers on your side and you have numbers on your side, you're gonna do what needs to get done to represent those workers. And the IWW, in order for us to organize successfully, we have to keep organizing workers, whether, it's, whether they have a contract or not, we have to always be organizing. So even if you have a no strike clause, um, striking, is an essential and will remain a necessary part of any organizer's war chest, um, whether it's in your contract, you can do it or not. Yeah, I've always felt that, you know, as far as contracts go in general, I'm a big fan of the fuck it clause where they're like, okay, well, I don't like you, so fuck your contract, fuck you, and, you know, and do it anyway. Yeah. So one thing I did want to add though that Derek, Derek is correct, it was 2011, 2012 that the IWW. North American uh, region added the no strike, no strike clause, or the, you know, we will not sign agreements with no strike clauses. But in the founding principles of the IWW, uh, which is the inter, you know, the international constitution, uh, which we, as part of the North American Regional Administration, are governed under, it's a, in Article Six agreements, Section One. No new agreement made by any component component part of the IWW shall provide 
for any of the following. Uh, handling of union dues by the employer, um, which is dues checkoff. Uh, obligation, obligations of members to do work that would aid in breaking any strike. And the third part is any prohibition barring members from engaging in a work stoppage of any kind. So right now, what's being discussed in the IWW in the, in the North American uh, region is us breaking our own international constitution. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Like, like, like anarchists talking about what our obligations to dead men are and an international mm -hmm. constitution. Right. I mean, it makes, it makes sense to me. <clears throat> it makes sense to me that we have rules which more or less govern the organization. Right. Um, and philosophically, I agree. I, I, I agree that a no strike clause can be problematic. Um, there's great language um, that was released. I want to say in like 1914, where they say, um, the industrial workers of the world maintains that nothing will be conceded by the employers except that which we have the power to take and hold by the strength of our organization. Therefore, we seek no agreements with the with the employers, right? No agreements, but we do seek it. We do see agreements with the employers now. Um, the, the IWW has to has to evolve. Like our membership is not amazing. Um, it's improving. Uh, it always, I, I imagine that labor organizations like ours, our membership probably will always improve in times of economic strife. Um, but, you know, you, I, I, I don't know what your experience is, Nick, but when I, but when I talk with, when I talk with workers and I explain the IWW model and I talk about like solidarity is our first defense, right? Solidarity has to be our first defense. And I will always advocate for that solidarity with one another has to be our first defense. Um, getting an agreement with the employer is a priority that workers can establish, but every worker that I have talked to organizing with like our branch um, always asks about agreements. They always seem to want an agreement. Um, there are a couple of folks who are fine doing like, like one-off actions, but the most sustainable campaigns that I've come across in our branch are folks who are interested in like specific written agreements with the employer. So that's the environment that, that we're currently organ organizing in. Now the employer can certainly push back and, and say like no strike clause. And that is something that we see. It, it happens across multiple unions. That's why no strike clauses definitely appear in contracts because it seems like an easy concession to make for workers um, because workers aren't thinking strategically. Um, workers typically don't think about like, what are we giving up if we give up the no strike clause, like exactly. Uh, and, and it does create hurdles having a no strike clause in your contract. Um, so, so sure, I'm happy, I'm happy to grant that the international constitution says that we shall not enter into uh, agreements which include no strike clauses and our constitution is a little bit out of whack, but I guess what I want to what, what I want to talk about is like a is like a practical conversation about what what it means for us to forbid that uh, and not and and to refuse no strike clauses with the employer. To some degree, I I do agree with you that we have to listen to our membership and the well, I mean, when I say our membership, the membership is what runs the IWW, and the membership of mo you know as we as we grow the model that most members are used to is the business union model. 
so people are joining the IWW without fully understanding what the IWW is, which is an issue on behalf of the IWW who are organizing people not explaining fully what the IWW is, but it's also people are basing their knowledge of unions on the business union model. So at what point does the IWW just become a business union? If people are willing to change the constitution to make us more like a business union because a business union has no issue um no issue signing a contract with the no strike clause you know then we fall farther and farther away from solidarity and solidarity unionism in fact on the iww page it says solidarity union unionism is the term we use to for the guiding strategic principles of the iww as opposed to business unions. Uh, we strive to build a union based on the direct strength of workers on the job without regard to government or employer recognition. It also refers to a strategy that ensures traditional contracts as our end goal. Instead, we seek to win gains and build power through direct action, rejecting concessionary bargaining and the prevalent no strike and management right clauses. That's what solidarity is about solidarity union is about and that's what the iww is about and i and i know you and i have had discussions that you know those are, are great philosophical ideas those are great you know ideas to, to to hold and that the iww has to be more practical but at what point in time like i said does the iww no longer be well no longer act as a revolutionary unionism that believes in these principles and become just another business union another seiu another you know, United Food Commercial Workers. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, I think fair points. This is part of the internal struggle that the IWW is like is like is like struggling with, right? And that is, do we want to maintain like this ideological line, the ideological line which was founded in the notion that we would have no agreements with the employer, um, that we would never give up the right to strike? Um, versus something that like the workforce that we're dealing with is 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 interested in which happens to be contracts i'm in the iww because it ideologically aligns with my interest right revolutionary um anti-capitalist union tactics to make sure that workers have the power to build the working conditions they need if it if it was my world to rebuild from the ashes of the old, uh, you know, we would have worker owned cooperatives everywhere. We would have workplace democracy in every place owned by a boss. Um, like these are all things that I would advocate for and I do advocate for, but we are still struggling with capitalism, right? Like we live in capitalism, the IWW's kind of um, agitation and propaganda wings are maybe churning out materials like the Think It Over. I love the Think It Over manuals. Um, you know, for those who don't know, like the IWW has this little pamphlet called uh, Think It Over. It's a little booklet, and we give it out to folks who we want to have thinking over if they want to join the IWW or not. Here's what we stand for. Here are our our ideological aims. The preamble to the Constitution says that we want to abolish the wage system. Like, what does that mean? 
what does that mean? Um, and and I, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about that, but it, but it relates to this very ideological struggle, like, right? Because when I, again, when you talk to workers about that, they, they look at you cross-eyed, like, what the hell are you talking about? Abolish the wage system. How am I going to feed myself? How, how am I, how am I going to, how am I going to eat? How do I live in capitalism? Because we still live in capitalism. And so like my, my kind of jokey response is, well, we're not abolishing the wage system tomorrow, maybe in 15 years when we've got 300 million people in the union. Uh, but until then, right? So, so it, it, there, 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 there are two things that, that, that I think are important. One, if the IWW's mission is to like abolish the wage system and to run direct action, uh, which I think are great goals, and it's what I encourage in our organizing campaigns. Let's let's build solidarity actions. Let's build direct action. Let's march on the boss, right? Let's agitate our fellow workers, educate them about what our goals and aims are, and how we are stronger together. And let's organize against the boss to improve our working conditions. If that's the IWW's broader goal, which I which I which I think it is, right? Um, then the IWW needs a much better like education organ but we're not here to talk about their education organ what i am here to talk about is like the no strike clause right and and if we want to have a no strike clause if we want to refuse the right to sign no strike clauses it's also important to remember that at the founding of the iww we called for a solidarity fund um, a fund that would support workers we also have to like the iww broadly and even locally here in ypsilanti if we want to tell workers you cannot give up the right to strike we also have to tell workers how we're going to defend them while they're striking What's the mutual aid network look like? If those workers are on strike, who's feeding them? Who's feeding their families? If those workers are on strike, who's making sure the scabs aren't taking over the work to allow the, to allow the employer to continue working at operational capacity? Who's gonna be out on the picket lines? You know, If you've got a shop with 23 workers in front of a place in Ann Arbor, you're gonna have mixed reactions because Ann Arbor is full of liberals who are like union friendly, but not in my business. So, so, so who's going to be out there? Who's going to be out there with them? Who's going to be on that line, walking that line? And then more importantly um, than all of that is we live under capitalism. We have not abolished the wage system and we're probably not in the next 15 years, if not a little longer. So what? That's right. Sorry, Jason. Sorry, we're not there yet. Um, so, you know, barring, barring the, the destruction or overthrow of the wage system, who is supporting those workers financially through their rent, through their groceries, through their utilities? Um, because the longer a strike drags out, the more bills people incur and the less power that we're going to have to continue encouraging workers to engage in that strike. We as an organization that, as far as I can tell, do not have the structures in place locally or nationally to support a general strike for sure, um, but even local strikes from workers who are engaged in workplace action. So like ideology, sure, I'm, I'm into it. I love our ideology, but we got to put our money where our mouth is. Like, like where are we building those structures? So in, instead of changing the entire constitution, though, to, to say that that yeah we'll we'll allow no strike classes why don't we focus on building those structures and in fact you know the the gdc is supposed to be that structure the gdc is 
the General Defense Committee of the IWW, its original purpose was to raise funds for striking workers, bails who were workers who needed bail out to get bailed out of jail, uh, legal defenses, picket line trainings, and stuff like that. So uh, that structure is still technically within the IWW. And instead, like I said, instead of just changing the entire constitution to to fit a small group of workers, we should build the structure uh, to help any worker that is is on strike. You know. I would I would happily give my union dues to help strike workers who are are on strike. Um, and I think I think it's really important that, that the IWW does stick with our ideological, um, you know, base. You know how we form this union because what I see happening with the IWW is what happened to you know the U.S. political system. You know, every year the U.S. political system keeps on getting moved over to to the right a little bit more to the point where someone like Bernie Sanders is this crazy socialist. So, yeah, in 1905, we started out as a union saying we don't want contracts. In 1914, we said we don't want contracts. Now we have contracts. Now we allow contracts that have management rights. What the next thing is that we're going to allow no strike clauses and we're and the bosses again. Are, are taking our tools away from us and weakening us, you know, at some point in time, you know, the line between us being a, a solidarity union is just going to blur into a business union if we keep on giving up our tools. I can definitely agree with that. We're like, it's a creep away from what we are, you know, but it also is like a problem that's happening now. So it should be like, all right, you guys, it's okay. But we got to start building so this doesn't happen anymore. And like, I agree, maybe we don't change the language of the constitution, you know? Yeah, I think that's also part of the problem, Jason, is that we are here, right? Where we are where we are now. I hear where you're coming from, Nick. I, and, and, I, and I don't think you're wrong. Like if you look at the IWW where it is today and you look at like what we talked about at the founding, at the founding convention of the IWW, it's it's definitely pretty far away right like we 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 are willing to and have built um contract specific campaigns uh, we have workers who are fighting for contracts um we we don't have the same level of like affiliation i don't even know like i don't even know if somebody who's not a member of the iww can affiliate with the iww because it used to be um, like the, the IWW was originally founded and several unions affiliated with the IWW at that time, um, like they would the AFL-CIO. There's definitely an interesting question about where we are now um, with workers who are currently engaged in struggle and currently engaged in campaigns. There's also the con- like there's a broader structural conversation about how do we get to where we want to get, you know, we've had 115 years of revolutionary unionism um, and the IWW has never grown back to the size that it was um, in what the 1930s, I want to say was the peak of IWW membership. And so there's a question of the IWW cannot, should not be a, a static organization and it can't be a static organization. It has to grow, it has to evolve. But does that mean that we have to evolve into business unionism? No, I, I, I certainly don't think so. And I still don't think that the contract should be the end all be all of our organizing campaigns. 
Um, but right now, in this exact here and now, we don't have the structures to support no strike clauses. Um, <laughs> the GDC is a whole thing that we're not here to talk about. <laughs> and, I, and, and we are pushing contracts. Like there are workers that want to negotiate contracts. And until the, the, like, the IWW's agitation and propaganda organ is, is putting out things that are educating workers about how to do direct action and, and successfully doing that in such a way that we are seeing growth in the IWW's numbers um, on that platform. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, it, it can be very difficult to tell a worker that you cannot give up this right. Um, and we will maybe support you if and when we have those structures in place. Wow, way to call it your chair of Agiprop. get on it solve everything that's right that actually leads into what i think our next episode should be problems with the iww as iww members Ooh, stirring up controversy look at me Uh i mean Uh, i hope i hope you have like three hours uh yeah so that's maybe that's what we'll talk about next month or next episode Anyway. Two weeks, three weeks from now, whenever we just, whenever yeah. we decide to get together again. Yeah, whenever we, you know, can stop organizing and sit down for forty minutes. Yeah, hopefully soon. Well, hopefully maybe never. Soon. We should. I mean, if if we're too busy organizing to record a podcast, that is that's good news. That is good news. That is a that is a a lack of time. I will accept. Also, uh, we we want to start taking if there's any listeners out there uh, and you have workplace issues or questions uh we want to hear them uh email is one big podcast at gmail.com send us your workplace issues your questions uh comments concerns anything and uh we now as a branch have a a, a twitter Mm -hmm. it's very fun uh it's ipsilani iww yeah i think so okay nailed it (laughs) Uh, I'm only one of the people running it. Um, And uh, soon we'll have a website. So that's going to be good. Later, (laughs) y'all. See ya. See ya. And that's the show, folks. It was recorded and edited by me, fellow worker Jason. The intro and outro song are also by me, fellow worker Jason. If you'd like to join the IWW and be part of the One Big Union, go to iww.org slash join. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, shoot us an email at ypsilanigmb at gmail.com. And until next time, an injury to one is an injury to all.